Hey, what's going on, all you creeps, you lunatics, you mental defectives? It's the Dapper Dividends Podcast, happy half hour, number 188. I think, I hope, I pray, because I didn't look up what it was going to be. You're with me once again. That is from Randall P. McMurphy. And if you, so I'm driving home today and I was thinking, I'm tired. Dude, I have like over 20 hours of overtime the past two weeks. And I'm driving home and thinking like, I'm just tired. I'm so tired. And if you've ever seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, what is that, mid-early 70s, I think, Jack Nicholson uh, as Randall P. McMurphy, Nurse Ratchet, But Cheswick, I think it was Cheswick who always said he was so tired. But anyway, I'm not Ches- Cheswick and you're not a mental defective, but this is the Dapper Dividends Podcast. <laughs> My name is Russ, and I will be Russ for the remainder of this right yeah podcasting episode where we go full steam, full speed ahead for, you know, whatever, like half an hour, and we're not going to cut. We're going to talk dividends here. I got some, I've got a lot to tell you. Like, literally so much on my note sheet here. What do we call it in the biz? The cut sheet? Uh, I've got so much on my cut sheet to tell you. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to it all. I'm going to try my damnedest and keep it under 30 minutes. Well, that's probably not going to happen. So anyways, the whole concept of this, we have a listener on the YouTube channel, which is uh, Andrew Morales. If you're listening, Andrew, God love you, but I want to get it through your head that you you have brought up several times about buying the cheap stocks and loading up on cheap stocks, meaning ones that are like $20 or $10 a share. And I'm going to tell you guys why you got to stop judging a stock by its price. Stop doing that. But honestly, I was just looking through some news and really interestingly enough, Walgreens, ticker WBA, they usually raise their dividend in July, and they have done so every July since 2003 in the year of our Lord, I believe. Let me double check that. Yes, it has been since 2003 that they've raised their dividend, but they are not. And this is a big red flag for me, really big red flag. So first of all, let's go back in time to... Man, we got to go back to 2018. So their dividend, Walgreens, per quarter was sitting at $0.44 a share. And they had been raising it. They would go a penny and a half, three pennies, four pennies. But uh, in 2019, so they raised from $0.44 to $0.45 and three quarter. 2018, or I'm sorry, that was 2019, right? So 2018, they went from... I'm messing this all up. We're not going to start it. We're just going to go. We're going to go. May 2019 was at 44 cents a quarter. And then they raised it in August to 45 and three quarter cents. August of 2020, 46 and three quarter cents. August of 2021, 47 and three quarter cents. See the pattern there? Three years, they went a penny. But in August of 2022... So in July, they would announce it for August. They went 47 and three quarter cents, so 0.4775 to 48 cents. They raised it, what, a quarter of a penny. I think my Cook County education has figured that out for me. So they went and broke that streak of a penny a year to a quarter of a penny 
at 48 cents a share. And they just announced that they are not going to be raising it. it they just announced it's going to stay at 48 cents. So it is now effectively what I like to call frozen. Now, they're not going to lose any kind of status. They have a couple more quarters to raise that dividend before they lose that uh, streak that they have going. But I've seen this movie before when companies that are having declining cash flows and which Walgreens is declining cash flow, declining sales, a little bit of debt. I think they're a company in flux. When I listened to their earnings call a few weeks ago and I don't know, they're buying some, uh, I think some pharmacy or some, I didn't even look it up. I forgot it. That's not too professional. I know, but I'm as professional as I can be. They're buying things. They're trying to sell the Boots uh, brand. They are also, I don't know, they're closing, what, like 300-some stores, 150 in the U.S., I think, and a couple hundred in the U.K. They're a company in transition, and, man, I would be worried if I was a Walgreens shareholder outright. So keep an eye on Walgreens. Uh, There may be a dividend cut coming. I've, Like I said, I've seen this movie before. And I hope to God they don't, and I'm not right. Uh, Really crazy. Yesterday, we had some crazy weather here in the Chicagoland area. We had a tornado, a lot of tornadoes in the area, but one touched down about eight miles from the house or so. And it's just crazy that, you know, there wasn't any roofs ripped off and power lines and things like that down. But it made me think, one of the interesting things about investing one of many things is that you're putting money into uh, companies, into businesses, you're investing in them, and those shares are no longer paper shares, which they used to have, but it's all digital. It's all kept track digitally. Uh, I would say keep a spreadsheet because it's kind of funny. Would you know, and this just is a thought, if you had, you know, so say I have round numbers, but I have 58 shares of Nexstar Media, which has been going up nicely and they're going to start showing some college stuff on the CW. But if you had all these shares of a company and you, one share was missing, how long would it take you to notice that if it was an error, if it was a a mistake? But anyway, so now that makes me, I'm like, no, I was defeating what I was going to tell you. I was going to say that we should be keeping our, uh, no, that's not what I was going to say. Come on, brain, work with me. <laughs> what I was going to tell you, dear dividend, dear dividend investing listener, is that if your house was leveled, God forbid nobody's hurt, but if your phone falls into the if your phone is destroyed, it doesn't matter because the brokerage has a count of your shares and your investments. So in that regard, long as you get access and you can prove who you are, you can get hooked back up with your shares. So kind of an interesting thought that assets that are in your house are always at risk of destruction or theft. And those, I guess it would be a little bit harder. That would be at Schwab or Fidelity or Vanguard. Uh, oh, by the way, don't use principal. Uh, I had a email, you know, to cut to the chase, they were trying to get me to, this is the company that used to house our 401k with the company I'm at. It was moved to John Hancock. 
But Principal sent me an email, no fee consultation. They wanted to get me to open up self-directed IRA or a Roth IRA. And I chatted with a woman. I didn't let her know, you know. But the deal breaker was, she said, so yeah, if you're interested, a self-directed IRA, here's some details. What they do is uh, you do everything. You do all the research. You do all the investing. You keep track of everything. Uh, Now, that would be $9 per trade plus one penny per stock. And I was like, excuse me? (laughs) It sounded like you said $9 per trade and a penny per stock. And she's like, yeah, that's right. I said, so if I were to buy 100 shares of PepsiCo, that would cost nine dollars plus an additional one penny, so one, so that would cost ten dollars. She's like, "Yeah, exactly." I was like, "That seems really excessive, uh, given that Schwab, Vanguard, Fidel—they're all commission free." Yeah, and it's funny. I told her, I was like, "Well, I know it's not free, but they make their money on payment for order flow, and it's micro cents on trades on the back end." It's not really affecting me all that much. Maybe I'm missing out on like a, a, a 63rd of a penny or something. But I, I said that it's not $10 that, or $9. That's crazy. But anyway, so don't use principal. But uh, Ramit Sethi, I got an email from him. No, it wasn't emailed personally. I wish it was. But, you know, we're not all as perfect as you out there, Jeff. I don't know. Whoever you are, Jeff, hello. He had a reimagining of the lower, middle, and upper class, which I thought was really cool, and I want to read this to you. So Ramit Sethi, check out his Netflix special. If you know, you may love him, you may hate him. I don't really care. I enjoy, I don't know, I enjoy the guy. What can I say? Don't agree with everything, but instead of lower class, he came up with the trapped class. And he says, in the trapped class, you're stuck working paycheck to paycheck, one accident away from financial disaster. There is no buffer, no time to think ahead and plan for the long term. I had been in the trapped class at one point in my life, as I'm sure many of us have, and probably know people that are still uh, going paycheck to paycheck. Instead of the middle class, he has the treadmill class. And he says, people on the treadmill have a decent job and a small bit of savings. If you live in America, the treadmill isn't bad. The treadmill class has a roof, a car, a roof or a roof? The roof, the roof is on fire. I say roof. And if you don't say roof, well, you're just wrong. The treadmill class has a roof, a car, internet, pizza delivery, anytime, and they can take a vacation once a year. But they're stuck, and getting off the treadmill is more of a dream, not a plan. They usually have some credit card debt. They aren't saving enough for retirement. They're likely to spend most of their lives working their job just to stay afloat. And I feel this is what I have been breaking out of. I'm working my way to get off the treadmill. I'm working my way back to you. To get off that treadmill is what we're trying to do. And I think a lot of people, myself included, would look at other people not on the treadmill, not understand it, say, ah, they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. But I love that where he says it's more of a dream and not a plan. And right now, not a perfect plan, but I'm executing a plan and trying to improve that plan by saving and investing and underspending my income, doing what I can to enter 
the next class, the upper class, which he reimagines as the freedom class, where he says, these are the people who have the ability to do what they want when they want. Money is no longer a major constraint in their lives. In fact, cost is rarely the first thing they consider. More often, it's time, quality, experience, relationships, or simply, I want it. And this isn't just billionaires and trust fund babies, even though they get all the spotlight. There's actually a growing wave of people who are living this life by building small automated businesses that support their lives. And what I took from that is when I'm dividend investing, it's a longer way, but I'm we're literally building those income factories, those money-making machines, those passive income factory business machine thingamajiggers that are spitting out cash, spitting out that cash flow to you every week, hopefully, if you stagger it properly, but every year. We're getting money that we've put in. There's nothing more to do other than maybe pay a little bit of attention unless you're invested in an index fund, which you really don't have to pay any attention to, and you're getting that cash spit back out you. So that was Ramit Sethi's new classes. I enjoy that quite a bit. Also, link below, uh, Howard Marks from Oak Tree Capital. Little bit of propaganda here that he puts out, but I really enjoy his memos. And this last one was called Taking the Temperature. Very interesting. He essentially recounted five market predictions he made that were pretty much spot on. But one of the things that really jumped out among many, there were many things, but two things, actually two things. One of them is he says, it's like trying to find patterns. And I think you can do this in any aspect of your life. It's a three-step process. One, what happened? Two, is there a pattern that has repeated? And three, what are the lessons to be learned from the pattern? Very cool. I like that. Seeking out patterns because then you can break the pattern and you don't have to repeat the pattern. It reminds me of a saying that I once heard where it says that the first time is a mistake. The second time is a choice. So if you do something wrong two times, then baby, you are purposefully and intentionally repeating a pattern because you know better. So anyway, that was one of them. And the other one that Howard Marks had said is the, I'm going to paraphrase it. The worst thing to do is to sell at the bottom as opposed to buying at the top. And a lot of us are afraid of buying at the top. But dude, as he said, there's no way to know the market bottom and you know that when, so do you know when the market bottom is? The market bottom is the day before the recovery starts. It's virtually impossible to have that precise premonition of buying the day, knowing the day before the recovery begins. It's near impossible. So selling down at the bottom is kind of like a cardinal sin that you don't want to commit. But if you buy at the top, and I've talked about this with other guests on the past, I think Harris and I just talked about this. I'm going to bring this up with Haley Eich. I'm penciled in to be live with Miss Haley Eich, who is over there in London in the UK. She said she wants to do it in the evening. And I said, that's cool, because that'll be like noon my time. Uh, Anyways, 
I just broke my own train of thought. Oh, yes, I know what I was going to say now. Thank you, brain, for kicking that back in and not losing it, holding my place in line while my mouth went on a rant. What we're going to say here, as I'm losing it again, this is age, is that if you look back at a chart, if you look back at PepsiCo in 2000 and I was going to say 2099. No, 1999. We haven't been that far back yet. We're going so back far. <laughs> I messed it up. We're going so far back. We're into the future. But if you look at the top back then, uh, it looks pretty damn cheap right now. So markets go up. Good businesses go up. If you buy a good business or the overall market at the top, there's a pretty damn good chance that it's going to go much higher at some point in the future. It may take a few years, but at some point where if you sell at the bottom, you're locking in those gains. Those are actual losses you're locking in, and then you're going to have to try and time the market of when to get back in. So don't sell at the bottom. Hold on to your good businesses. And now Papa here is going to take a sip of the agua, and you're going to get to listen to a commercial or two. Cheers. Hey. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hey, I hope there's some great ads you listened to. I don't know what they were, but it's the podcast provider putting them in. I get kicked a few bucks, literally. If a thousand people listen, I'll probably get like, I don't know, $3.22 or something. I mean, it's just, it's it's something. It'll buy my kids clothing for the winter is what it'll do. We'll be able to get out of the bread line, everybody. <laughs> no. Oh, no, we're not that bad, but... Uh, speaking of PepsiCo, dude, they just they just beat earnings. And if you don't know, because I didn't know and I just found out this morning. So now I do know and I'm sharing with you what I know is that they've beat earnings every time going back to 2009. Uh, they beat their I got bullet points here. I got more bullets than the uh, we won't. That could have gone dark, but I got more bullets than Washington, the Washington bullets. Oh, they're the wizards now. Shows what I know. Uh, PepsiCo beat their second quarter earnings and revenue again every year since two or every quarter since 2009. They've done that. They raised their full year outlook. Some of this will be boring. You'll forget these numbers like net sales rose 10. As I'm reading this to you, I'm like, I would forget it. You're going to, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. Their net sales rose 10.4%. So quite a bit, uh, their organic revenue up 13%, which is a really nice Double-digit organic revenue. That's in-house sales coming in. They didn't bolt that on by, like, buying Celsius or something. 
Uh, what else do we got here? Blah, blah, blah. You don't need to know. One thing I found interesting was there, uh, it says higher prices for snacks and drinks hurt demand, which was a 3% drop in volume. But I found these two things interesting. Uh, Chief Financial Officer Hugh Johnston, he was on Yahoo Finance, which is really interesting. He said it's not really, it's really not the pricing that's driving the margin improvements that pricing and commodities are basically exactly the same. So in a nutshell, Hugh Johnston, as I take it, is saying that people, everybody, everybody wants to say it's greedflation, but he's saying it's, no, they're just higher productivity is what's doing the heavy lifting for them. And they push back a little bit. One more quote. Uh, he, he explained commodity hedging. Essentially, he said, uh, keep in mind that uh, as we <laughs> keep in mind as well as we tend to forward buy on commodities by about nine months, it gives us predictability in terms of our cost structure. So anything that you see happening right now won't impact us until about nine months from now. So I think I think that's kind of interesting is that uh, he said no single commodity may is 10 percent of their portfolio. Um, they do that to smooth out everything. So they buy their commodities nine months in advance. So I found that to be pretty interesting. Uh, oh, also, dude, if you didn't know PepsiCo, if this is the first time you're hearing this, they are not just soda. I believe it's 58% of revenue in 2022 was from the snacks, the food with only 42, 58 and 42. That's 100, right? I hope so. Sounds like it's a hundred. <laughs> uh, so their brands like Doritos and Ruffles saw double a digit revenue growth. And dude, they're also spending a lot more money on advertising and marketing, or as he called it, A&M spend. There you go. You're a little bit in the know. So I'm at the juncture here where I have dividend stock news. We are currently 21 minutes in. We'll do the dividend stock news very, very quickly here and we're going back here too didn't have it set up all right here we go july 10th real fast enterprise products partners ticker epd raised their dividend two percent making it their 25th straight year of annual growth i tweeted out that they're an aristocrat they are not an aristocrat because they're not on the s p 500 i believe they're too small blah 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 but anyway we'll just call them here at dapper dividends world headquarters We'll say that Enterprise Products Partner is an approved dividend aristocrat. Uh, Abbott Labs got a dividend safe up dividend safety upgrade from 71 safe to 90 very safe, only a 1.89% yield. TransAlta is going to acquire TransAlta Renewables, and they say dividend investors should consider new alternatives. So that's a monthly dividend stock, TRSWF, I believe. So that is another one going to be going off. And Cummins lifted their payout 7%. That's their 14th year of dividend growth. Heavy machinery, diesel Cummins. Good company, good motors. We talked about Walgreens keeping the dividend flat, which broke their cadence of raising the payout every July since 2003. To me, big, big, big red flag. I would tread cautiously with Walgreens going forward, but I will keep my fingers, eyes, and toes crossed that they don't cut. 
genuine parts ticker gpc their dividend was upgraded i own them and sold them to put money into other stuff uh, they have a dividend safety score of 80 and last but not least duke energy today raised their dividend two percent which is their 16th consecutive annual increase way to go duke 4.39 percent yield now and they're a utility company so andrew morales my friend my buddy mi amigo my compatriot my rotten soldier you can't just buy these things looking at price stock prices get this into your heads everybody the stock price alone does not tell you anything about if a stock is expensive or cheap it does not and we're going to prove that in a second here but i've been reading joel a book by joel tillingast uh tillingast or hast he one of the things he talks about is that stock price reflects their percep the stock market's perception of a company's value that price is is literally like yesterday's data combined with today's expectations of what the future performance is going to be so that that still tells us nothing but there's metrics you can use like price to earnings ratio earnings per share dividend yield earnings yield which is the inverse of pe that will give you different uh, context and then you want to perform fundamental analysis if you're going to try to evaluate if a stock is expensive or cheap lots of things to look at i'm putting a video together actually to show some of the things i like to look at this job is getting it delayed but you know what sunday night we have the live stream and i may just do about walgreens so you got a little preview may just do about that doesn't sound right I think that's what it'll be because that'll get people thinking and I want to, hey, and if I'm right, I can always go back and be like, aha, I told you all they were going to cut their dividend. <laughs> and if they don't, well, we'll just never speak of it ever again. So uh, I'm going to have to gussy it up, say like, is the Walgreens dividend, Walgreens dividend cut? And I, I'm not going to do the home alone face, you know, the mouth open. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, yes. I'm going to show you right now <laughs> using alphaspread.com. So two companies we're going to look at here. One would look insanely expensive and I'm talking absurdly expensive. And most of you can probably guess what it is. And one of them looks cheap with a really high yield. And I'm going to say it's pretty, pretty expensive. So right now we have Berkshire Hathaway. Warren Buffett's jam, BRK.A, Berkshire Hathaway, the A shares. It's a different class of share. Has a current market value of $521,833 per share. And a lot of you would say like, what? Five half a, over half a million dollars a share. You betcha. But Alpha Spread gives it an intrinsic value of $548,984, making it, I didn't write it down, but I think that's like 5 or 4, 7%. One of those. Pick one. We'll go with it. Undervalued. Now, why? Why is that so ding dong dang expensive? Well, it has to do with A, they earn a lot of money, but B, 
there's not a lot of shares to spread that money out over because they keep buying them back and they don't ever issue new shares. They have once upon a time, I believe. I think they may have done that when they bought Dexter Shoe. That's neither here nor there. That was a really that was one of the worst things they ever did. Warren says it was one of his biggest mistakes. But anyways, currently the Berkshire A class has 1,460,000 shares outstanding. That's not a lot of shares to spread a whole lot of earnings over, so that's going to make those shares very very valuable, which is why they're over half a million dollars a share right now, but they're probably a little bit on the cheap side. So there you go, there's Berkshire. And now what about a company that looks a little cheap, but I think is probably over over expensive? Okay, we'll just make that into a word, no problem. It is none other than ticker FAT, which is Fat Brands. Fat Brands, this is one that I actually came across doing a little bit of research for the website. And... Uh, I didn't know that they own... Here's the brands that Fat Brand owns. Ticker, F-A-T. They own Roundtable Pizza? No. Roundtable Pizza, Marble Slab Creamery, Great American Cookies, Hot Dog on a Stick, Pretzel Maker, Fazoli's, Fat Burger. Dude, Ice Cube would be proud. What's it? Two in the morning got the Fat Burger? I think that's what he said, and it was a good day. Dude, I love it was a good day. What a good song from the one, the only, Ice Cube. Uh, so they own Fat Burger, Johnny Rockets, Elevation Burger, Yala, or is it Yaya? Yala Mediterranean, Buffalo's Cafe and Buffalo's Express, Hurricane Grill and Wings, Ponderosa Steakhouse, Bonanza Steakhouse, Native Grill and Wings, and the fun one, Twin Peaks. Have you been to a Twin Peaks? It's been a minute since I've been to a Twin Peaks. It's a little bit um, a little bit more lewd than a Hooters, I guess. But anyway, it looks, from what I can tell, that Twin Peaks is going to be IPOing, or it's potential IPO, so keep an eye out for that if you ever wanted to own Twin Peaks. But why do I say Fat Brands is expensive? I was going to say Fat Bands. Fat Brands is expensive at $6.70 a share, 77 cents. $6.77 with an 8.27% dividend yield. Well, they've done some cutting. They raised in 2018, they cut in 19, they have no dividend. And in 2020, they started paying it. Currently paying 14 cents. They've had a couple raises here, but... Their free cash flow payout ratio is negative 12%. It was negative 11% in 2022. It was negative 49% in 2021. And when they cut, it was 376%. Not good. Their earnings per share have been dropping for almost four years in a row. Currently at negative $5 of earnings per share. Free cash flow per share, negative $4.62, which means that that dividend is being funded with debt and with share dilution. They have 16.5 million shares outstanding, but before they had had 14.7 in 2021. Now their sales are 407 million, so sales are going up. But the sales growth 
what it was stupid in 2021 556 percent then 243 now 98 so that's coming down it's just earnings per share is dropping free cash flow per share is dropping sales growth is dropping they're diluting the shareholder yes sales are going up but uh, return on invested capital is nothing. Free cash flow margin, 2%. Their margins are just dropping, getting squeezed, non-existent. Their net debt uh, is high. <laughs> this last showed 88%. Uh, it shows no debt in 20 and 21 and, and simply save dividends here, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that's really, really wrong. Uh, and then their interest coverage ratio, which is the last one. I know I've thrown a lot at you, but just stick with me. Interest coverage ratio, that is how many dollars of for every $1 of operating income do you have to pay every $1 of interest expense? I think I explained that wrong. Anyway, it's negative three cents. I used to be able to spit that out so cleanly. So yeah, right now, so if it was four, that means they would have $4 of operating income to pay every $1 of interest expense, if that makes sense. So how much operating income do you have to cover the expense, the interest on the debt? Currently, they have negative. They don't have enough operating income to pay the interest on their debt, which tells me that they are going to be financing the dividend and their interest on the debt <laughs> with more debt. Uh, that's not sustainable, folks. So I would be very, very nervous buying fat brands at $6.77 a share. And if they cut that dividend, man, that's probably going to be, I don't know, that's probably going to 2 $3 a share. So I think it's overvalued at 6 bucks. And there you go. I just made my point. I just wanted to say 10 things. The point we made right here, if you take away anything, dear dividend investing listener, is to realize that Berkshire Hathaway at over half a million dollars a share is, for all intents and purposes, undervalued. But Fat Brands, which is $6 a share, is probably, in my opinion, overvalued. So Andrew and anyone else never just look at a business based on the stock Price, you can't do that. It's not enough information. You need to dig a little bit deeper. And with that being said, sites like alphaspread.com can kind of point you in the right direction. I know my friend Ryan Williamson, other people, not Williamson, Ryan Williams, they have uh, calculators, intrinsic value calculators. It's a whole thing. I'm on the fence about, you know, Warren Buffett's never shared his exact formula. And everybody, one of the greatest quotes I heard about it is because you have to make assumptions about future cash flows and discount that back to today to get your price. But like they say, is it's like looking through the Hubble telescope. If you turn it one inch in either direction, you're looking at a completely different galaxy. And the same is true, in my opinion, for intrinsic values so what I like to think of it as, and I'll leave you with this, is that if, the, if you think a business is going to keep making sales and growing and being in demand, then companies that make money and grow their business are going to be in demand. And that stock price is going to follow earnings because earnings are going to increase. 
So just think of it like, you know, like a doggy on a leash. On a leash. When earnings consistently go up, stock price is going to be pulled up and follow along. But when earnings consistently go down, then over time that stock price is eventually going to follow down as well. So that's what I have for you. I've really enjoyed you listening to me here on the Dapper Dividends podcast. We're a little bit over time, but hey, hey, you know what? I'm out here in Chicago. I'm working hard, making that money, going to get off the treadmill. And I want to tell you that if you want to speak live to me, Sunday nights, God willing, I'll be live for an hour the first 10 minutes, I come up with something to tell you to rap about. I'm going to do it. This I, That'll get people, t- it's the teaser, you know, to get people in. Uh, <laughs> Walgreens, the, I, I think a dividend cut. I have, My spidey sense is tingling that a dividend cut is lurking. It's on the horizon. Uh, you know, we have, a, we can change the past. It's like Quantum Leap, you know doing what he can to change the past the future change the past to change the future anyway now we're just gonna tongue twist my brain so remember kids admit to nothing deny everything and make counter accusations it'll get you out of a jam or may dig you a little deeper hole either way it's fun burn it all down don't burn it down keep investing and if you come back next week i will talk to you then so long everybody